Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. You can live a long, healthy life if you're HIV positive. With the current treatments, we can get patients down to being undetectable. The array of options is so much greater today. You equals you. Undetectable equals untransmittable. If someone who's HIV positive, they're taking their medication, they're undetectable, they're not able to pass HIV to their partners. Do it for you, Montgomery County. Your HIV treatment is their prevention. Get more information at doitforyoumc.org. Hey everyone, Scott Hansen here from NFL Red Zone. I hope you're checking out one hour of Five Yard Rush, one of the best podcasts on NFL football in the UK. Hey, what's going on, Rush Nation? Welcome to the first show of the week. And Murph's not here. He's uh, he's had to disappear because of a work interview ran late. So we've drafted in the newest member of the Five Yard Rush family. It's Lee from All32. Lee, welcome to your first podcast as a co-host, man. How you doing? Yeah, I'm doing good. Thanks for having me. It's uh, good to be back after my, my last appearance. I thought that might be the only time, so I'm glad to be invited back. Oh, no, mate. Once uh, once you've been hooking us up with images and stuff, we thought it was only right that you joined the family. So, And today was the perfect pod to have you host with me on because today's guest, Rush Nation, is contributor on the Pac-12 content for Fanside, and he's the host of Locked On Dolphins. It's Travis Wingfield. Travis, welcome to Five Yard Rush. How are you doing? I'm doing well, fellas. Thanks for having me and uh, looking forward to football season. We're getting close. Oh, man, it's what, 40-something days now? 47 days, something like that? It's 40-something days, two days until uh, till Dolphins camp kicks off and I'll be there. So I'm, I'm really looking forward to this week myself, personally. Oh, amazing. I think the Broncos started a couple of days ago, uh, last week, yeah. I think. And yeah, the Locked On Broncos guys have been there and have been reporting. So that's been good to, to hear what's going on over there. But we're not here to talk Broncos, we're here to talk Dolphins because Lee's a massive Dolphins fan and Travis, he hosts Locked on Dolphins so it would be rude of us if we didn't talk fish tank stuff. Um, so I guess Travis, first question is how did you get started in the media and talking about football for a living? 
So it actually really began at a young age. I was just doing it for fun, more part of, you know, message boards and trying to learn the game myself because I actually, my football career ended pretty early after uh, junior high school and uh, I was more into basketball and baseball. And then I wanted to kind of get, you know, myself inundated with the football terminology and, and the schemes and all the stuff behind the scenes that we really don't see on television every day. So I got myself involved that way. And then I, it worked into some, you know, fan site writing gigs. And then a couple of years ago, David Locke, I was talking about starting my own Dolphins podcast. And David Locke, the owner of Locked On Sports, uh, reached out to me and, and made me an offer. And I said, yeah, let's do that. And it's just kind of grown and taken off from there. So it's, it's been a couple of year journey now that's, that's really starting to pay off. Nice. That's uh, spiraled quite quickly then, considering you were just writing a couple of years ago. And now you're host of one of the biggest Dolphins podcasts. I think you were voted the best Dolphins podcast or something like that, weren't you? I mean, I don't. You know, I get I get in trouble for uh, for talking about numbers, but I mean, the numbers do speak for themselves as far as who listens to the podcast the most. <laughs> it, it is the number one Dolphins podcast out there, and uh, I'm really appreciative of all the fans for for making it so. Well, numbers never lie. That's a, that's where we base our facts. So, if you're the number one, why not pick yourself up? So, what? Why a Dolphins fan? That's a good question because I, I'm I live in Seattle, so I'm on the opposite end of the uh, of the country and. I, you know, when I was a kid, I, I was a kid in the 90s, and, and I was all about baseball and the Seattle Mariners and King Griffey Jr., and the Seattle Seahawks weren't any good. And so as a kid, when you're kind of, you know, impressionable, and the Dolphins were always on Monday night football, you know, they had that record for most Monday night wins for the longest time, and, and Dan Marino, and of course, the, the different colored jerseys also brought me in because everyone else is wearing black or red and blue, and the bright aqua with the orange, and they were you know, South Beach, I just really, really fell in love with them as a kid and it just took off from there. Nice. Have you have you heard Lee's story about why he's a Dolphins fan? I don't think I have, but I would love to. Oh, Lee, tell your story, man. So I, I got into football a few years ago. It's a bit different over here in the UK. I stumbled across it by accident in the middle, middle of the night one night watching the, the Raiders-Bucks Super Bowl. So after a couple of years of kind of following it tentatively, I said to said to my parents, I really want to go out and see a game live. And they said, right, where do you want to go? So we looked, we looked on, the, on the map, found all the teams, and I was like, I want to go somewhere where it's nice to travel to. So we picked Tampa Bay. We're going to go, go there. And a few weeks beforehand, I got told that this, this, this flight was very full and that I'd have to go somewhere else. So they sent me to Miami, and I saw the, the Dolphins play the Falcons in Nick Saban's first year. And I was hooked ever since been going to Miami every year since that's really cool it's, uh, yeah the, the travel certainly makes it easier for you to choose the, in that direction I mean I got I got a there's one team in my backyard out here the Seahawks you know but other than that it's pretty it's pretty sparse as far as the northwest is concerned with football teams so I guess I'm in the same boat as you just picked picked a team uh based on geographical location <laughs> <laughs> so Travis who's the best player you've ever met or interviewed interacted with past present whoever uh, I would probably say I, I am pretty new into the locker room scene. And last year was my first time getting to talk to Dolphins players. So I, Mika Fitzpatrick was my first interview. Uh, it was a pretty cool situation. He was he was over in the locker room kind of by himself. And guys were talking to uh, Xavier Howard because he had two picks in the game. And he was, you know, on his way to the Pro Bowl at the time. And um, they talked to Kenny Stills, who had the game-winning touchdown catch. And obviously they talked to Tannehill and, and Cam Wake. And Fitzpatrick's over there with no really fanfare. And I'm thinking – you know, last night, it was the night after the Alabama had beaten Georgia to, to win the SEC championship game, and Jalen Hurts came in for an injured Tua Tonga-Vailoa, and, you know, I knew that Mika played with Jalen Hurts 
And I was thinking, I'm, I'm a new guy in the locker room. I don't want to come in here and ruffle feathers. So I'm just going to kind of pick my spots. And I saw him standing over there by himself. And I thought, what a great icebreaker. I'll talk to him about Jalen Hurts and about Alabama. And he lit up when he, when he got that question. You could tell that he probably doesn't get a lot of questions about, you know, his Crimson Tide in the Dolphins locker room. So I, I started there. And then I was just rolling with like four or five questions. And then everyone kind of started surround realizing, oh, that's Minka Fitzpatrick, the Dolphins' first round draft pick. And they started asking him more and more questions. And I'm standing there, the first guy, it's actually the, the profile or the, uh, the, the, the backdrop picture on my Twitter profile is me talking to Minka Fitzpatrick. That's from that interview. And it, by the time I got to my fifth or sixth question, he had been surrounded by other reporters and they started asking him the exact same questions that I had just asked him. And I was like, man, what are you, what are you guys doing here? So that was my favorite one. My first one, he was so enlightening and such a respectful, smart kid. And uh, also just a fantastic player too. So it was a really cool experience there. Wicked. Lee, have you ever met a dolphin? Um, yeah, I was lucky enough to be invited to um, the dolphins practice last year in the UK. Last year? No, the year before in the UK when they played against the Saints. Um, and we got to meet a bunch of the players as they were coming off the field. It was a really cool experience. I was very lucky to be invited. Nice. And did you have a favourite? He wasn't a Dolphin for very long, but Lawrence Timmons was super nice. You know, he, he you know, he spent a while chatting to me and my wife and, you know, just he, he never seemed in a rush or annoyed by the fact that we were sort of taking up his time when there's a lot of stuff going on. I just thought that was really cool. You know, he could he could have just kind of said hello and moved on but he didn't he reached at the time to, to to stay and have a chat oh that's nice Travis we ask this question to everybody who comes on obviously Lee, we haven't asked this one to you yet but we will one day but that's our question is what advice would you give to listeners who want to talk about their passion whether it be football soccer model railways skiing whatever it is what bit of advice would you give to them to get into talking about it oh there's there's so many good jumping off points to go from here but I will say number one just do it every day because you, you'll look back on your work in a year and be like, man, I can't believe how far I've come from when I thought I was good and now I think I'm good now. And I'm sure in a year from now, I'm going to think that I was you know, not that good again. So you always are improving and you have to stay at it every single day. And also don't get discouraged by things that you read or comments and that type of thing. Obviously, the more following you get, the more comments you're going to get. And that comes both good and bad. And people can say some pretty, some pretty uh, harsh things to you. And if you let it get you down, it's going to impact your work. So just do it every day and kind of ignore the critics, I suppose. That's perfect. For especially getting into it, people are going to gun you for your opinions, regardless of whether you're professional or not. So just let it wash off your back like a... I was going to say water off a duck's best back, but let's say water off a dolphin's back. That's more fitting. <laughs> <laughs> but then I suppose it's nice on the flip side to see, you know, when you got voted to the best follow on Dolphin's Twitter, you know, that was voted for by fans. No one had to vote. So I think that, that's cool that... For all the all the negative stuff you see on social media, there's the sort of positives that everyone's just sort of backing your work. I mean, I think we're lucky to have you doing the Locked On Dolphins podcast because I mean, there's nothing better than like eight o'clock in the morning. I get a notification on my phone that the new show is in and I'm ready to go to work. Makes my day. Yeah, every single day. I love. I put it at that time for a reason because I know we have some we have some fans over in the UK. So I'm glad you guys enjoy it in the morning. And and you, you know, you mentioned the the positive comments. There are so many, and, and people are so nice on Twitter and there are the there are several fans that are recurring guys that always are congratulating and, and saying nice things and I'm super appreciative of it but it's kind of funny the way it works you can get I think the the podcast on Apple podcast has like 390 something reviews right now and I I think there's like 375 of those are five star and they're nice 
But those 15 that are one star and that are angry, those are the ones that I really notice. So that's just kind of how it goes, I think. Do you think they're Jets fans sneaking in there? <laughs> Most likely. Maybe some, some competing Dolphins podcasts in there as well. <laughs> so talking to the Dolphins, let's talk some 2019. Obviously, Adam Geis has uh, been kicked out or moved on, shall we say. And Brian Flores has come in as head coach. What do you make of that move? I was, I mean, I thought Gates had to go after that three-game stretch to end the season, and not necessarily because of the coaching job, which you can question, you know, certain decisions like when Albert Wilson goes down and Danny Amendola and Devontae Parker get the workload increase opposed to Jakeem Grant. That really rubbed me the wrong way. Vincent Taylor, I thought, was consistently the best, if not the second best, if not the best defensive tackle on the roster, and yet he didn't even start a game all season long. Just the curious roster decisions to kind of bury some guys uh, behind some veterans that he could, you know, quote-unquote, trust. But that was one thing. But once we got into December, after the Miami Miracle game, and they could have lost that game, obviously, the most unlikely play in NFL history to end a game. The game before that, they had an open Charles Clay in the end zone, and Josh Allen short hops it to him, could have lost that game. And if they would have lost those two games, we're talking about what, like a 10-game losing streak to end the season or something to that effect? And you kind of saw it wearing on the team. You saw it wearing on Adam Gaze. I mean, they came out flat in that Minnesota game. They came out, you know, pretty bad in that Jacksonville game as well. And then once the season was over in that Buffalo game to end the season, they were there was nobody on that field that had any interest in playing for that regime and that head coach. And the players actually, you know, communicated that to the press and to the media after the game. And some of the things that Adam Gaze said at his press conferences in regards to well, Minnesota had just fired their offensive coordinator, so they were fired up to play. That's why they scored so many points. You know, we played the Bengals back in week five, and they were off of a hot winning streak, so they were coming into that game hot. And it's just like, what kind of excuses are these for, you know, a head coach, a guy that's supposed to be stoic and preach this consistent message of not getting too high, not getting too low, and he's out there making these excuses, pointing fingers, no accountability. I thought the time was definitely right to move on from Adam Gates. And I'm, I'm, I'm encouraged about Stephen Ross making that decision because he has traditionally held on to coaches for one or two years too long. And so for him to make that move and to really commit to the type of person that Brian Flores is, because he mentioned he wants a guy who's going to be about accountability, about leadership, a guy that can coach the entire football team, not just the offense or just the quarterback and Ryan Tannehill the way Gase was. And he's committed to that message. He's committed to the same message throughout free agency with we're going to be kind of frugal here. We're going to acquire draft picks. We're going to go after players that fit a certain prototype. So I'm, I'm encouraged. I'm not going to get myself worked up into a frenzy like I have over the last several coaching hires. I think that probably is maturity and also the fact that the Dolphins tend to let you down a lot. But I'm going to kind of temper my expectations. But I think right now on the surface, things look good. Obviously, this is a fantasy football podcast. Does that mean Kenyon Drake's going to get proper use this year? Yeah, it's hard to say because Kenyon Drake was so effective last year and he has that explosive playmaking ability. And I, I've seen people knock him kind of, you know, he doesn't have the best patience or the best vision. And there are times where he will press and bounce it, but it's very rare. Most of the time he buries his head and gets himself a tough yards. And I think that Gaze just really had a, an affinity for Frank Gore because he was so reliable. And don't take anything away from Frank Gore last year. He was, he was really damn good for the Dolphins in 2018. But Drake is so explosive and offers you so much both by way of the passing and running game. And his efficiency metrics are very high. And, of course, the one time we had the, the workload mentality for him in 2017, all he did was pick up 600 yards from scrimmage in five games. So we're talking about a guy that has the elite potential to produce at a high level. Will he get the opportunity? 
I'm inclined to say that he's not going to become this, you know, Todd Gurley type of type of workhorse just because the Patriot system with Chad O'Shea in the past was revolving around three or four backs. So I wouldn't say that Kenyon Drake is going to be the only guy, but he will be the guy, if that makes sense. Yeah, for sure. You mentioned Frank Gore. He's obviously now a Buffalo Bill. That leads us nicely into the draft and off-season acquisitions. Do you think the Dolphins did well? Mediocre? What's your thoughts on that? I think they did well to put themselves in position to do well next off-season. I mean, you look at what they brought in this year. You have to love Christian Wilkins. I mean, who doesn't love Christian Wilkins on the field, off the field, everything in between? He's an awesome guy. And then in free agency, I mean, what did they really do? Dwayne Allen, Ryan Fitzpatrick, Eric Rowe. They went after these guys that are, you know, either kind of discarded by their previous team. They have injury history and they're getting these cheap contracts, hoping they can strike gold on a couple of them. So as far as what they did this season, I don't think the defensive personnel is ready yet to kind of take on what Brian Flores and Patrick Graham want it to be on the offensive side. We'll see what happens at quarterback. I don't know if you guys are familiar with my work in, in this regard, but I'm not the biggest Josh Rosen, you know, believer. I, I hope he is, but I just don't believe it's going to work out for him in Miami. So I think they are about a year or two away from really being able to say, okay, we're going to go after the free agency and draft and really change the course of this football team. I mean, anyone who doesn't get a chance to listen to Travis's work, you've got to see his film study because as you can hear coming through this last few questions, I mean, you are deep in film study. The stuff you put out is impressive. You know, there's, there's so much um, to, to take from, from all the articles you put out. And, and yeah, it's, uh, you know, the, the charting projects that I do, you, you know those firsthand how much work goes into those charting projects. And so I'm very appreciative of you getting those done for me because those, those quick turnaround times really make me look goodly. So I appreciate that, man. <laughs> That's no problem at all. I mean, it's great. To, I say it's great to get that information out to people so they can see it. That's the, that's the key. I, I learned so much putting those those together, just seeing the way you've charted them. You know, you, you learn, you just pick it up sort of subconsciously. Yeah, it, that's kind of what it is, man. It's just kind of, uh, you know, every time I start one of those new projects, like the like the quarterback projects, for instance, the ones that I've kind of honed in on now, though, that started off as like a, well, I'm going to watch the film and see what I really think is important. And then once you develop the, the you know, the routine of it, it became so easy. The receiving charting projects, those ones are a little more difficult because I had more uh, more data as far as where they line up, what the route they ran, what coverage they faced. There's just so much that goes into it. But I, you really learn a lot about football just trying to play like that. Where uh, I need to be looking at these things. Where do I find them? <laughs> LockedOnDolphins.com. Uh, if you go to my author page, you can probably find them. But I think, I think the best one to start on is just type in um, the book on Josh Rosen, Locked on Dolphins. You should be able to find that. There's like uh, 11 or 12 links in there that you can find. Wicked. Thank you so much. Uh, we'll plug that again at the end, just so everybody knows exactly where to go. So OTA's rookie mini camp. who impressed you at those? Uh, well, I mean, it's hard to say because all we have to work off the, the reports from the beat writers and, and, you know, we're kind of limited in what we can talk about in terms of uh, giving the public information. But it sounds like to me that everybody was pretty impressed with the undrafted free agent Preston, Wils, uh, Preston Williams from Colorado State, the, the tall, you know, five-star recruit high school uh, or former high school recruit five-star but he got himself in trouble in college and worked his way to Colorado State. But everyone said that he was basically just uncomfortable in those OTAs. So I'll go ahead and go with him. Let's talk some AFC East. Obviously, the Patriots are there. Do you think the Jets or yourselves have got a chance to knock them off this year? Who's, who's going to be winning that one this year? I get accused of being a Jets hater. And don't get me wrong, I totally am. <laughs> but uh, I, I just I, I really don't get the whole Jets vision right now. And I talked about Adam Gaze. And, you know, they, they did 
talent. C.J. Mosley, Le'Veon Bell, those guys are certainly great players. But there's so much more to it than just adding great players, as we as Dolphins fans would know that it takes more than just a couple of free agent signings. And I think the the inner workings of that coaching staff and the relationship between the coaching staff and front office, I, I mean, it doesn't sound like a good marriage to me between Greg Williams and Adam Gase. I mean, two guys that are both stubborn as hell and, and not the easiest to get along with. So I think that they're going to not work out that way. But I do think that the Buffalo Bills have done a great job of putting a team around Josh Allen that can make his strengths or his best traits more noticeable and kind of mask some of the weaknesses and get back to having him be a focal point in the running game, using LaShawn McCoy and Frank Gore and that rookie Devin Singletary in the running game. I think the receiving core overhaul they did was very impressive. And on defense, Sean McDermott can coach defense like nobody's business. They've got a lot of parts on that side of the ball. So I think that if anybody in this division besides the Patriots has a shot at double-digit wins, I would say it's Buffalo. Are they going to knock off the Patriots? Absolutely not. I'm not going to predict that anymore until it actually happens. So Patriots on top, Bills in second, and then Dolphins and Jets kind of battling for last place there. Yeah, that's fair. I really like what the Bills have done on defense. They were pretty good last year, so I think they'll take a step forward this year. And Josh Allen, if he can throw the ball somewhat accurately, then I think, they, like you mentioned, they've got some good pieces to add to that. So they could, I, you know, the Patriots, they might struggle. I mean, they're not going to, they play to get to the playoffs, so... I think it'll just be a little closer this year than last year, perhaps. So, Super Bowl, yeah, yeah. AFC. Who's going to the Super Bowl from the AFC? Uh, I'm going to keep dying on this hill for about the sixth consecutive year here and go with the Chargers. Uh, I think that they have the, the most talented roster in the NFL, quite frankly. You know, you, you add an all-pro rookie in the first round last year in Derwin James. They come back this year and get Thomas Davis to help that linebacker crew. They get Jerry Tillery and the guys to help their interior pass rush. Their offensive line's okay. It's good enough. Phillip Rivers really helps mitigate some protection issues at times. They're loaded at the skill positions. I think that when you look at their 11 personnel package between if he doesn't hold out, Melvin Gordon in the backfield, Hunter Henry back off the ACL with Travis Benjamin and Keenan Allen and Mike Williams on the outside, that's probably the best 11 personnel package in the NFL. Those guys can stay healthy. So offensively, they're loaded. Defensively, they're young and, and they have good coach in Gus Bradley. I just think that if they can find a way to win in Foxborough, or maybe even they get themselves a first-round bye this year and don't have to go to Foxborough in the playoffs, they'll be playing for a championship. Yeah, I think that's a pretty good shout. Lee, how about you, AFC Super Bowl contender? Yeah, I mean, I've got to agree with Travis. I don't think you go much further than the, the Chargers. I mean, the, the popular pick's obviously going to be um, the Chiefs, but I think they'll take a bit of a step back. I think, you know, it's hard to see a quarterback – play that season two years in a row you know it's only happened once before the chances of it happening two years in a row are pretty slim and that that brings them back to the pack a bit so yeah I mean I take it I love an experienced quarterback so why not Philip Rivers and the Chargers yeah 100% they got a stacked roster so guys I'm going to ask you for your way too early season record for the Dolphins Lee we'll start with you what do you reckon you can't ask me first then I can't copy your Travis's <laughs> that's why I've asked you <laughs> i got to be honest I see now, I'm going to steal Travis's line before he says it. So, I've I got, I got to think they're going to be in the sort of four to five win range. I know that's higher than a lot of people have them. But, as I'm sure Travis will say in a minute, if this coaching staff can't get four wins out of this team, then they're probably not the right coaching staff going forwards anyway. Because the team's not devoid of talent. It may not be the best best roster in the league, but, you know, a lot of the players are still, still very good and would, would make other rosters. So, I mean, I'd say four to five rather than the, the sort of three. Yeah, I'm, I'm inclined to agree with Lee there. As, as he said, you know, if, if the coaching staff does wind up getting the first pick in the draft, I was actually really curious about 
you know, teams that finish in dead last, the 32nd worst team or best team, whatever, however you would say that in the NFL, what, what's the like for the coaching staff that comes back the following year after finishing dead last? And it's not good. They always get fired within a year or two after that. So if this team is going to wind up getting Tua Tonga-Vailoa, that probably means that Brian Flores and his staff is not good enough to get the job done unless you have, you know, a ridiculous amount of injuries, which could be the case because the war of attrition that is the NFL is going to have you playing back up come November, December, and down the stretch. And so I think that Miami can start better than folks think, especially when you consider four of their first five games are at home. And playing in September in Miami, as I think Lee probably can attest to from his trip, is no joke. It is so <laughs> hot down there and muggy and miserable for the visiting team. So I think they're going to find a way to steal one of those games. They'll probably beat Washington at home, too. I think they wind up finding five or six wins on the schedule. And, you know, they can win five games and be better than last year's team because that team was propped up on so many fluky occurrences that we talked about. So I'm going to go – I'm just going to go with six and ten and be optimistic about it. Well, it's your team. Why not? <laughs> I, I can see the Broncos <laughs> – I can see the Broncos being somewhere in that region as well, even though there's a lot of hype going on about the players we now have. Uh, I don't think Flacco's the man. I think he's a bridge, and by all accounts, Drew Locke isn't ready to play in the NFL. So we'll wait and see what happens there. So, boys, this is a fantasy football podcast. It's taken a while to get into it. That's not a problem. Lee, I won't ask you because we've talked about your fantasy football. It's, um, yeah, that'll do. Uh, Travis, do you play fantasy football? I, I actually retired a couple of years ago just because between trying to get myself, uh, you know, knowledgeable in the actual game itself and then the fantasy crossover, I always, I always sucked at it. I don't really know why, but I just, I was bad. Like I, I think I probably had too much of a bias to avoid Patriots and Jets and Bills players and maybe put a little bit too much value on Dolphins guys. So I wound up just getting frustrated and I retired fantasy. So I'm out the game, man. Yeah, that's fair enough. See, Lee, we mentioned this, you picking players that necessarily aren't right for your team, but you pick them on personal bias. And look what happened to Travis. He was so bad, he had to stop playing. <laughs> exactly. That, that might be me in a couple of years. <laughs> well, uh, gosh, I'm not sure. All right, we'll talk about that. <laughs> I, I also took up uh, like more, more sports gambling, like betting on the lines and stuff, and that kind of took my attention away from it too. And, and I suppose the question is, are you any good at it? Sometimes <laughs> I'm better. I'm better at college football. <laughs> like the, the, the less known the game is like, if you get me a Mac game, like I, I don't know if you guys are familiar with college football over here in the States, but uh, we, there's a conference called the mid American conference. And it's basically a bunch of lower end division one schools between Michigan and Ohio. And they play on like Tuesday nights. The weather's always horrible. And you can, they, the, no one plays defense in the conference. So you can just bet the over and it always winds up being like a 44 to 38 game and you cash your ticket. So the less the people know about the game, the better the chances you have to win. Oh, nice. Is that where the Chippewas play? Uh, the Central Michigan Chippewas. Yes, sir. I, th- I believe it is. <laughs> we, uh, we, we, funny story. We adopted them as our podcast team of college football last year. I don't even know how that happened. Oh, there you uh, go. <laughs> actually, no, I think I, I do. I do. It was because uh, every time Murph mentions the Buccaneers, I say fire the cannons. And I think their official hashtag is fire up chips, which was pretty close to fire the cannons. <laughs> and Murph actually live tweeted comments from their game whilst he found a stream of it and spent one of his random week evenings live tweeting. And I think he had like, four people watching. Or, it was quite funny. Um, so, what a pioneer. Yeah, I don't think I, I don't think we'll be, and I think they actually 
now have a head coach who someone Murph absolutely hates. So I don't think they're our team this year. <laughs> <laughs> Dang. Well, maybe you guys can move on to another team with a with a funky name. Yeah, I think uh, maybe we need to pick a better team as well because they weren't very good. There are some teams with some good names out there. Well, I mean, yeah, there are. There's college football is fantastic in that way. But if you guys will allow me to make my proposal for my alma mater, Washington State Cougars, um, <laughs> our head coach is an absolute weirdo, and he provides the greatest sound bites and interviews and stuff in the history of football. So I'll, I'll go ahead and urge you guys in that direction. Since he got on campus, we've won 36 games in four years, so nine wins a season. Things have been going pretty good since Mike Leach got here. It's funny you should say that because – I've listened to your podcast now every every weekday for the last God knows how long. I actually work in travel, and someone said in the office the other day, Washington or Washington State, and I automatically said, go Cougs. So I'm blaming you for <laughs> yeah, that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, go Cougs indeed. It's it's my uh, it's one of my it's my each and every day, so to speak, of the you know the the inside jokes of the podcast. Correct, correct me if I'm wrong, Travis. Washington Cougars, uh, they're sort of. Their logo is the WC, right? That looks a bit like a cougar's mouth. Yeah, so it's like a. It's supposed to be a cougar, but it actually says WSU. So it's, uh, it's a it's a unique uh, logo for sure. Yeah, it's cool. I have seen it. I know who they are. Maybe we'll take them on board. I'll speak to Murph. <laughs> <laughs> I was actually planning on wearing my my cougs polo the first day of camp because I'm meeting somebody there. I, we don't know what each other looks like, so well, he probably knows what I look like. I'm all over Twitter, but I wanted to make it more recognizable for him to be able to find me. So I'm I'll be wearing the WSU polo at Dolphins camp. Nice. Make sure you look out for Travis in his polo. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So let's let's talk podcasting for a specific specific. Oh, I can't get my words out. Specific team. What's it like focusing on one team to talk about? It really makes you realize how much you don't know. I think is a good way to put it because I mean I I can I can the Dolphins ninety man roster. I can tell you about their coaching staff. I can give you their bios of all those people. And to think about doing that for every team, it's, there's, it's not even close to doable. Like doing one team in itself is enough. Doing like one division, like four teams, would be more than enough. I, I just It makes me realize how little you can know when you're on a national scale with the entire, entire league and entire, you know, the entire NFL. And, I mean, you, you can have a certain knowledge base, but you're not going to know, you know, the – fifth string defensive tackle and where he came from so it kind of is an eye-opener in terms of just how much information there really is to digest in the league yeah for sure so when you're reporting or covering the team how do you get your information and i appreciate that this is probably top secret knowledge so tell us what you can (laughs) (laughs) no it's it's not it's really not that uh not that intricate i mean i'm i'm pretty good on google like i know how to how to you know look in the right places but i mean there's so many good resources out there between pro football reference and pro football focus. And uh, a lot of the fantasy st- sites, those guys offer so much good data and, and, and metrics that I really think that add a lot of value to the league. But also, I mean, just a lot of game pass. I'm, I'm on game pass all the time. And then, you know, it's about who you follow on Twitter and, and finding the right guys that, that give you reports. Like Barry Jackson's great, for instance. Joe Shad, he's terrific. And there's so many good B guys for the Dolphins that you can just kind of keep up that way. And, I mean, they make everything available on all their social media accounts as it is. So I, I feel like from, you know, the furthest part away from tree from Miami, I'm able to get a pretty good, you know, uh, you know my fingertips all over the, the Dolphins organization. So it's, it's, uh, it's all available for you online. Just got to know where to look. Yeah, no, that's fair. I mean, I've just started to try and do my fantasy projections for the coming season. This is my first year doing it. And... I've got myself in all sorts of trouble trying to work out projections for <laughs> offensive players. Yeah. Uh, it's so difficult. It's I'm, tricky, not, yeah. I'm not really a numbers guy. 
and I don't know really how to use Excel. I'm, I'm not filling my fans here with much confidence <laughs> in my rankings. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's, it's been a hell of a process. So to do that, what the fantasy guys do and what pro football focus and football reference do is, is mental. So uh, yeah, the information's there. You just got to find it. I would highly recommend the war. I, I've tweeted about it several times. The Warren Sharp um, season preview book. It, it, you can find it. I think he's at, at Warren Sharp or at Sharp Football, but he has so much in-depth data about, you know, personnel packages and usage and, and time on the clock and game situation usage and, and, and early downs and third down and which guys are getting the ball. It's, it's, it's so loaded with information that I think fantasy and, and, and gamblers as well as just fans of the game would, would learn a lot from that book. So what's the hardest thing about your job? Um, you know, it's funny because the best part about my job is also the hardest and it's the freedom that I have. Like I'm walking around my house right now. It's, it's noon out here on the West coast in America and I haven't done anything yet today. Like I, I went to the gym, I, I went and rode a bike and now I'm talking to you guys. So my day doesn't start until late in the afternoon, but sometimes you can get that procrastination to set in and really make you not want to do anything for the whole day. So probably just, uh, being a self starter and not having anybody tell you what to do. That's amazing. That's living the dream. I mean, he's been to the gym, he's riding a bike, and now he's talking on a podcast. Yeah. What is better than that? And I'm getting on a plane on Wednesday to go to Miami, so not too bad. No, stop it. Stop it. It's not fair. <laughs> not fair. <laughs> so you mentioned earlier your interview with Mika Fitzpatrick. Is that the highlight to date reporting for the Dolphins, do you think? Or do you have anything else that is up there with that? Uh, it's definitely being in the press box for the Miami Miracle. I mean, it, it was... I, 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 I'm pretty sure they're talking about me. So there was a, there was a like NBC sports show and they had a, a Patriots reporter on and he was talking about the game from being a Boston reporter. And he was saying, you know, sometimes they let fans into the press box and there was people cheering in the press box and I wasn't cheering, but here's exactly how it went down <laughs> from my perspective. So me and my buddy, Jason from LockedOnDolphins.com, Jason Harina, he's a great follow too. He's at Miami D punks on Twitter. There's my little shameless plug. Um, but we were at the game covering it together, and, and we were both downtrodden. I had just sent a tweet out that said, and with that, the Dolphins fall up to 6-7 and seven and will play out the string with three irrelevant games to end the 2018 season. And they get the kickoff, and they run it back, and Kalen Bolage makes a move and finds some space, and Jason kind of like stands up out of his chair, and I'm like, dude, there, there's pursuit. He's not going anywhere. And then he quickly gets tackled at like a 20-yard line, and Jason sits back down, and we're like, ah, oh, shoot. Okay, well, one more play, you know. And so then Tannehill throws it to Stills, and then Stills pitches it to Parker, and Parker pitches it to Drake, and then Drake starts making these moves. And once I, once I noticed, like, where the defense was, because, you know, I have the, the vantage point of the entire field from the press box, I noticed they have Gronkowski back there and not much help beyond Gronkowski. And once you see Drake kind of decide that he's going to go for it, I, I, I kind of stood up in my chair and I said, oh, my God, he's going to score. And that was like the, the volume with which I said it. And they tell you to watch games in the press box like you're in church. No cussing, no getting loud, be on your best behavior. And I said, oh, my God, he's going to score. And then he really turns the Jets on and makes that move at the 20-yard line. And I'm like, he's going to score. <laughs> so I like he lost it. And they were like, what? And the Cohen, the writer from MiamiDolphins.com is sitting right in front of me. And he turns around. He kind of he uses his hands to gesture like, no, down, like down, like be quiet. And I'm like, how am I supposed to be quiet? This is the most insane occurrence ever in the National Football League. And I'm sitting here watching my team keep their playoff hopes alive with that play. So I, I, I was so good for the first, you know, I was there for two games. So 100 and 
what is it, 19 minutes of football. I was so good on my best behavior, but I couldn't contain it on the miracle. I lost it. And so that was just a really special experience. I bet that was absolutely unreal to witness. A bit like the Stefan Diggs play yeah. against the Saints as well. Those two have been ridiculous. Yeah, I just want to um, quickly touch on Albert Wilson specifically. I know um, you brought him up a little bit early on, but Murph, the um, Stocks' co-host, has been big in taking him in fantasy drafts this year. And I think, you know, the, the news that he's not going to start the season on PEP is big. just want to know your thoughts on Albert Wilson, really. Oh, this is, this, Travis, this is massively important. If you gun him here, Murph, we'll, we'll break down. <laughs> <laughs> well, so, okay, I can, I can give you good news. So, the, I mean, the first good news on top of the other good news is that, yeah, he is healthy. And I thought that he was going to be on PUP to start the season because that hip injury, I, I mean, you talk to people in the medical field, that hip injury can be a really, really big hindrance, athlete, especially a football player. So that's great news to start. As far as the good news on the field and what his product is, I think that he's a great fit in the slot and as the backfield or an extra running back in the backfield for this offense that wants to use guys in a multiple or in a variety of ways, like Cordell Patterson last year, who got carries for the Patriots down the stretch. I think you could see the same thing with Albert Wilson, a greater inclusion as like an option running back, a, a pro split, you know, two running back type of set with him and Kenyon Drake or him and Kalen Balaj or whoever it might be. But the bad news is, is he's not going to be a guy that goes out on the edge against your best cornerback and wins against press coverage. He's, he's not that guy. He's more of a kind of working laterally, running those drags and those crossers and, and beating guys underneath and then beating them after the catch. And he's the best in the business at that. So he's going to get plenty of opportunities to get the ball in his hand short of the sticks and make plays after the catch. So he could, it's basically going to be all about yards after catch for him and making his production that way. So I wouldn't put him as like a wide receiver one, but I think he could be a high, very high-end wide receiver two for you. Perfect. Murph, almost happy Christmas. How about that? (laughs) (laughs) So let's talk some Pac-12. I mean, I know Rush Nation don't know college football too well. I don't. I'm still learning. Uh, I guess I'm taking baby steps into the world of college football, you could say. So with the Pac-12 this season, do you think a team in the North is going to win it again or USA or Utah, USC, sorry, or Utah, they're going to get their hands on the trophy. It's, it's hard. It's kind of like the Patriots and the AFC East. It's kind of hard to go away from the Washington Huskies. And I hate saying that being a coog. <laughs> I mean, it's like, it's basically Liverpool and, and Everton. If I can make it relatable to you guys or, or Manchester <laughs> United and city over there. So, I mean, it's, it's just, it's, they, they run this thing and, and they've got the coach to do it. He always finds himself a quarterback. And this year they got the transfer from Georgia uh, Jacob Eason, a former five-star recruit in high school. So they should be back and playing good defense like they do every single year. I imagine they'll hoist the trophy, but Oregon has the top recruiting class in the country, so they'll be a challenge. And you mentioned USC. They've got JT Daniels, their quarterback, coming back next year too. You've got K- uh, KJ Costello at Stanford. He's a really experienced, good-looking senior quarterback there as well. So there's tons of good quarterback play out here, and that should make it for a, a exciting season in the Pac-12. But to go anywhere besides UW, I think, would be a mistake. Fair. I mentioned Utah. This is just in the show notes. Which Utah college is that? It, it, they're just the University of Utah. So it's, uh, they, they're actually one of the two new teams in the Pac-12. Them and Colorado joined a few years back. Right, okay. Because my sister used to live uh, right near BYU Stadium. So Yeah, that's different. Yeah, I was just wondering. Because they're big games with the Utah Utes, right? Is that... Yeah, yeah. Utah Utes, they're the ones in the red. There's also Utah State. I think Utah State has the same colors as BYU, so that can be confusing as well. 
Okay, cool. That's probably where I got my wires crossed then. Uh, we'll we'll, yeah. we'll slide off of college football because I'm making myself sound a little ridiculous. Um, <laughs> You're fine, man. <laughs> <laughs> so, Travis, finishing up, what's the what's your career? Where do you want to go? What's the next phase? Talk us through it. Yeah, so, I mean, it's it's hard to want to stay off of the uh, locked-on Dolphins or, or just the locked-on network in general because it's grown so much. And I've talked about it from the podcast in regards to, you know, the compensation that we get for it. I started off making, I think the first check was $18. They, they sent me a month, they sent us monthly checks and it was 18 bucks for doing something like a couple hundred load, you know, it was nothing. And now two years later, we've, the network itself has 35 million downloads this year alone. And I, you know, I've got over like 700,000 downloads this year on the podcast. We're getting more and more advertisers. We're expanding the brand. And I'm also thinking about possibly doing a second show with Locked On either for college football or for the entire NFL. I actually did a Locked On NFL show today that came out on Monday with the Locked On Raiders host. We talked about a, a variety of NFL topics. So I'm interested in getting a little bit more under my belt than just the Dolphins. So uh, whether it's college football, like the Pac-12 or the Locked On NFL podcast, just trying to grow the brand that way, but also keeping the Miami Dolphins thing going because the, the growth and the surge that I've seen in just a couple of years from that has been really – really kind of surreal and, and it's, it's fun to see. And if I can keep growing at that rate then there's no reason to leave. So uh, just trying to grow the lockdown dolphins, maybe kind of expanding a little bit beyond that too. Sounds awesome. Sounds like there's going to be a lot more Travis out there for you guys to listen to. That's for sure. <laughs> so Travis, yeah. why don't you uh, go ahead and tell Rush Nation where they can find you on Twitter. If you've got any articles and stuff like the uh, articles you mentioned earlier, why don't you plug those again and just let everyone know where to find you? Yeah, absolutely. So on Twitter, it's at Wingfield NFL, which is my last name at NFL. And then LockedOnDolphins.com, I, I write probably more than anybody in, in football. <laughs> it's every day, man. I'm, I'm always writing, so it's always up there. And then also the podcast is Monday through Friday, about a 30-minute shot of uh, Dolphins information and analysis, all that fun stuff. So uh, I'm, I'm everywhere. You can't avoid me if you're on Dolphins Twitter. So uh, just check me out at Wingfield NFL. Certainly. I know, Lee, you must be following that, right? Oh, yeah, I'm all over that. Um... There's no, I say there's nothing better than getting up in the morning and getting a, a dose of Dolphins for even during the off season when it, you know every podcast has been informative and interesting. I I mean I applaud you because I don't know how how you do it all the time because there must be some days in the off season you just think there is not a lot to write about today. <laughs> <laughs> there's there's days where I hop on I'm like what in the hell am I going to talk about today? But we got advertisers, so I got to do it. You know, like it's they it's a contract, so. I have to make it happen. And whether it's going back to old games and talking about old things or just kind of rehashing some of the ideas in regards to the scheme. I mean, you know, the way I look at it is if, if coaches can be in their office for 15 hours a day right now and they're talking about film and, and thinking about their roster, then I can do it too. And it's just about being creative and getting myself to do it. So I'm more than happy to do it. And I'm glad you guys appreciate it. There you are, Rush Nation. You just heard it. 15 hours a day is what it takes to be successful in this biz. And <laughs> certainly got it going on. Right, boys, this has been an absolute hoot. Travis, thank you so much for coming on to the podcast. Appreciate your time, man. Yeah, thank you guys so much. It's a lot of fun. Uh, brilliant. Lee, awesome to have you on. We will speak real soon. Rush Nation, as always, until next time, don't forget, keep rushing. entitled to sexual health just as much as physical and mental health. 
We want to make it easier for folks to find resources. However they engage with us, there's no wrong door. So it's important that people are able to get access to care that is affirming. Talking about what their sex life is, about their concerns, and to make sure they're healthy. Do it for them. Do it for you, Montgomery County. Your sexual health matters. Visit doitforyoumc.org. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.